Let's pray. My Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. And we ask this in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you will turn with me to John 10. We are going to go over a couple verses that we've been going over. And I'd like to tell you today that you're laughing, your amens, all the noise that you make will go all over the world on short wave. So watch what you say. <laughs> all right, John 10, verse 34. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees don't like him. He said, Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's. If he called them God's unto whom the word of God came. And the next phrase is what we want to look at. And the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. Do you know Jesus right there said that there are God's? That they called men God's? That the scripture cannot be broken. That's what we want to look at. The word of God cannot be broken. You can't change it. You can't fix it. It will never fail as long as you believe it. As long as you believe it, that word of God cannot fail. It can never be broken. When you are in dire need and when you, have, you need something from God and you don't have any feelings, you can go to the word of God and hang on to the word of God apart from your feelings, and God will come to your aid. Why? Because the scripture cannot be broken. It can't be. It'll never fail you. Now, go to Romans 2.11. We're starting to get these in our hearts. Romans 2.11, Paul speaking. And he says here, let's go, let's say to, um, let's go to verse 7. To them who by patient continuance and well-doing, Seek for glory and honor, immortality, eternal life. Those are those that believe. It says, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. To them, they get tribulation and anguish. Upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, peace to every man that worketh good. To the Jew first, also to the Gentile. Verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. There is no respecter of persons with God. None. And like I've said, and it is written, what he will do for one, he will do for the other. And we're going to look at right here as an example of that that you may have never considered, but it will help us. And I tell you what, it opened my eyes to the verse, there is no respecter of persons. If you will go with me to Matthew 12. We are studying, we are looking at, the Lord is ministering to us how Jesus handles women. How he handles women. And we want to know how Jesus handles women because he, we're going to know how he handles us. And you know what? We, I, I've seen, like I've never seen before, the compassion, the love that God has for women. 
I've never seen it. That first meeting we had here, I never saw the compassion of God like I saw at that first meeting. And I'm standing up here talking. And I wanted to say, excuse me for five minutes. I'm going to go ball my eyes out. And then I'll be back. And I did afterwards. All right. Matthew 12. Let's take a look at that. Now remember, the Word of God cannot be broken. It can't be. Whatever the Word of God said will stand through any storm, will stand through any crisis. It'll stand if you will believe it. And God has no respect of persons. Verse 46. While he yet talked to the people, behold, Jesus is talking to a group of people. He said, behold, his mother, mama, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with Jesus. His mother's outside and she wants to talk to her son. Look what Jesus does. He said, one said to him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak to thee. Mother is outside. She wants to talk to her son. What does Jesus do? Look at how Jesus answered. He said, but he answered and said unto him that told him, this is what Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? This is your Messiah. And he's talking to a man that said, your mother wants to talk to you. And Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? Look at this next verse. And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples. Stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brothers. Behold my mother and my brothers. Here are my mother and my brothers. Can you believe that? Can you believe that Jesus just told the man who his mother and his brother are? I came to the realization the other day, came to it in March. My God, I'm old enough to be Jesus' mother. He was 33 when he went. And I went, oh my Lord, I'd rather be a sister. But he said, behold, my mother and my brethren. Jesus shows no respecter of persons. None, not even mom, not even mom, not even his mother. Look at this part next. It says, for whosoever, whosoever, that goes right along with he has no respect of persons, whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, Whosoever will do the will of my Father in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Can you believe that? Jesus has no respecter of persons. You do the will of your Father in heaven and you are the mother, the mother, the mother, the sister, the brother of Jesus. No respecter of persons. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That Jesus would actually treat you like his mother? 
That's what that verse says, folks. Jesus will treat you exactly like he treats his mother, his sisters, and his brethren while he was on earth, his flesh, while he was here in the flesh. Now, I do want to show you something that he did for Mary that absolutely blessed me, his mother. Later on, I believe that we are going to do a study of the different women in the Bible, and we're going to take up Mary. But I just want to show you one thing. One day I was reading, and, and my heart was sad. My heart was, I was lonely. I was missing my children. And God showed me this verse, and I thought, Jesus, your compassion, your love. And I will tell you, Jesus' compassion and love came from the Father. Jesus doesn't love us more than the Father does. Jesus does not love us more than the Father does. For God so loved the world. It's the Father's love that sent Jesus. Jesus says that. I think it's like uh, 16 times in the book of John. The Father sent me. It's the Father's love that sent Jesus. It's the Father that loves you. The Father loves you. God is love. He can't help but love you. And he shows no respecter of persons. And look what Jesus did here. This is John 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross. Jesus is on the cross. He is moments away from dying. He said, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. I mean, there are Marys all over the place here. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother, when Jesus therefore saw his mother, now remember, there's no respecter of persons. Jesus said, if you do the will of the Father, I'm going to treat you just like my mother. Look how he treats his mother here. He said, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, which was John, he said unto his mother, he said unto his mother, look what he said unto her, woman, behold thy son. Woman, behold thy son. And then he says, then he said to the disciple, behold thy mother. But look at what he said first. First he talks to his mother. And he said, mother, behold thy son. Jesus gave Mary a son to love. Oh, she had other sons, James one of them. Jesus did not leave her without giving her another son to love. You know, Jesus knew he was going to be with the father and Mary wasn't going to be his mother anymore. That was in the flesh. He made sure that she had somebody to love. If you're a mother, you understand that. God knows a mother's heart. He's the one that created it. He's the one that gave us all this love, and we got to find some place to give it. You know, I will tell you that are those of you that are living alone, and you don't have a family, and, and, and I have an aunt like this. She has to love something. She lost her dog, and she almost died, and, they, and, and, and somebody was smart enough to say, she needs something to love. So they got her another dog. You know what? She got better. She had something to love, and she told me that. I said, how are you doing? She goes, I got something to love. That's what God does with a woman's heart. If you're alone, start praying for people. Pray for me. I need it. I, oh, I'd love it. But start praying. Get that love moving. Get your love moving. Start loving again.
All right? Now, let's go with me to John uh, 19. We're going to go to the next one. Oh, I love this one. I mean, not John 19. I'm sorry. Mark 5. Mark 5. Verse 22. We're going to take a look at another woman and how Jesus handles her. It says, verse 22, And there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, a man. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, a certain woman, I want you to notice this woman. I want you to pay attention how she, how she acts. He said, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things by many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Now, I want to tell you this. This back in that time, this woman had an issue of blood. I don't know if it had to do with her reproductive organs or not, but I will tell you this. If you have an issue of blood back then under the law, you couldn't go to the temple. You were unclean. You couldn't worship at the temple. There were certain things you couldn't, there were places you could not go because she was unclean. So that's why she spent all she had. She wanted clean. So, okay, she suffered many things and many physicians and had spent all she had and she was nothing better but rather do, grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, when she heard of Jesus, she came, it says, when she heard of Jesus, she heard he was in town. She came in the press behind and touched his garment. Did she announce herself to Jesus? Did she call out his name? That woman snuck up behind him. That woman snuck up behind him. You know, we don't know if she was young or old. We do know that, that, that she was old enough to have an issue of blood and she had it for a lot of years. She sneaks up behind Jesus. And she says, if I may but touch uh, but his clothes, I shall be whole. And, and she said, and straightway, after she touched his clothes, the blood uh, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She snuck up behind him saying to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I'm going to be whole. She didn't get Jesus's attention. She didn't yell for him. She snuck up behind him. And it says straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, immediately knowing, if you walk, if ever walked in the Spirit, you know when that power leaves. You know the back and forth of that power. He knew that power had left him. He said he turned about in all the people, all around him. He's being pressed on every side. He turns around in the press and he says, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? I love it. I think this is, his, and his disciples said unto her, thou seest the multitude thronging thee? And you ask who touched your clothes? Everybody's touching your clothes. Everybody was trying to get a hold of him. Everybody was trying to touch him. But one, the power went out. 
one of them, the power went out when she touched him. Everybody else is touching him. No power. Jesus knows the power has gone out. Who touched me? Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling. Oh, I know how that feels. Fearing and trembling. Knowing what was done in her. Came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She felt like she stole the power from him. Wouldn't you think? Now she's caught. Yeah, it was me. So what's he say to her? And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Be whole of thy plague. Look at what Jesus said to the woman that snuck up behind him. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Listen to me. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has made thee whole. I have been here at Water of Life for 34 years. And I remember back in the 90s, the power of God would move here. And, and certain people seemed to get a lot of deliverance. And I wasn't one of them. And I remember looking, thinking, what makes them special? What's making these women special? What do I need to do to get some of this? You know what? Listen to what Jesus said to that woman. She didn't ask for it. I mean, she didn't talk to Jesus. She came and got it. God showed me, thy faith has made thee whole. Jesus walked in the Holy Ghost. Jesus walked in the power of God 24-7 as we say. The power of God was always on Jesus. Do you know that anytime that power of God falls, you have the right, you have the privilege, you have the honor of sucking it up. You have the right, you have the honor to trust, believe, believe God and take it. And I finally got to the point where I said, I'm sneaking up behind you. If you don't want me to have it, too bad. Too bad. I'm going to take it anyway. And I started yielding to that power of God. And you know what? I started getting set free. Why? Thy faith has made thee whole. You know, uh, uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, I was praying for somebody here. God told me to come down off the set and pray for somebody. I walked down. I mean, I started praying the power of God. Oh, I love it. I love it. Power of God was strong. The anointing was so strong, my legs were shaking. I'm praying for this person. This person's getting set free. But you know what else? Four people around us were getting set free. Why? Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has made thee whole. Any time the power of God shows up, it's yours. You can take it. You don't need an invitation. You got one. You got the invitation. And I'll show you where it is. If you will go with me to Romans 8. I'm going to show you, you have the invitation. Any time that power of God shows up, it is yours for the taking. And you say, how do I yield? Have you ever gotten really tired at night and you just yielded to sleep? 
You just yielded your body to sleep. That's how you do with the Holy Ghost. You feel the Holy Ghost is there, you yield to it. I remember Dole saying, you soak it up like a sponge. It's yours. God is not holding it back from you. It is yours. It is yours. It was bought for you with a great price. Let's look at Romans 8. I'm going to go to verse 31. It says, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Did you know God was for you? Do you know God was for you? Do you know no matter what you endeavor, God is for you? Do you know that if even if you are screwing up, God is for you and he'll get you out? How can that be? Look at the next verse. It says, he that spared not his own son. He that spared not his own son. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely, freely give us all things? The father didn't even spare Jesus for you. He didn't even spare Jesus for you. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. He didn't even spare his own son, the one that had been with him forever, the one that was daily his delight. He didn't even spare Jesus. Go with me to Acts 2. Let's take a look at that. Oh, the love of God toward us. Oh, Father, open our hearts that we can see the love of God to us our world will be a much better place and will be much more at peace. All right, verse 22. This is Peter speaking. Jesus has been raised from the dead. They are baptized in the Holy Ghost and he opens his mouth and this is what comes out. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did. Notice Jesus didn't do, which God did among you, or which God did among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you all. And if you know, Jesus said, the works that I do are not mine, they're the Father's. The words that I speak are not mine, they're the Father speaking through me. Jesus could do nothing. He was just like you and I, but he had the Holy Ghost, and he had the Father, and the Father did all the works. So it's even God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Jesus, being delivered by the determinant counsel and foreknowledge of God. Whoa. Jesus delivered by the determinant counsel and foreknowledge of God. You know what that means? The deliberate plan of God. Jesus was deliberately planned by the Father. Deliberately. His everything he suffered on the cross was deliberately planned beforehand by the Father. Why? Because he loved us. Because he loved you. Because he loved you. When Jesus took the scourge, the Father set it up. When Jesus was beaten with the rods, the Father set it up. And I'll step back. Jesus asking 
not to take the cup in the garden, the father wouldn't let him back out. The father would not let Jesus back out. He waited for Jesus to overcome. He was not going to let Jesus back out. Why? Because he loved you. Because he loved us. He was not going to let Jesus back out because he loved us. And he waited. And Jesus overcame. And he went to the cross. When he took the scourge, it was the Father's predetermined plan. When he took the rods, it was the Father's predetermined plan. When he took every sin on our body, every bone coming out of joint, he, that was the Father's deliberate plan for you. He knew you had to have a sacrifice and he knew there was nobody here that could do it. So that's why he sent Jesus to do it for us in a human body so that a human body would take the sacrifice that we should have taken. It was the determined plan of the father for us, for us, for all of us. Let's go on. It says, whom, uh, him being delivered by the determinant counsel, the deliberate plan and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible he should be holding of it. It says, for David speaketh concerning him, I saw the Lord always before his face. My face, for he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope, after it's dead, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Did you know that Jesus went to hell for you? Do you know it was the Father's predetermined plan to send him there? Why? So you don't have to go there. The Father sent Jesus to hell for you so you don't have to go there. How do, you, how do you make that real in your life? How do you get that peace that the Father promised to everyone who will believe? Everyone. There is no respecter of persons with God. Jesus died for all. The, God so loved the world. John 3.16 God so loved the world. Are you not on the world? Are you on the world? Same love for you. All right, turn with me to Romans 10 and we'll end there. Romans 10, 9. How can you make that peace that Jesus bought for us, that confidence that Jesus bought for us, that comfort that Jesus bought for us so that he can treat us like his sister and his mother and his brethren? How can we do that? Romans 10, 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, with your mouth, you open your mouth to God. It says, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Jesus was raised from the dead by the foreplan of the Father. Why? Because when Jesus was raised from the dead, that was the Father showing us all our sins were forgiven. 
that we were justified, that we were sanctified, that we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. When he raised Jesus up, he raised us up in his eyes with him. How do you make that part? You open your mouth. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Jesus, be Lord of me. And believe in your heart what God did by sending Jesus for you. It says you shall be saved. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.